podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Mensel, and I'm sitting here at the SCG as Fox Sports have just launched their coverage of the Cricket World Cup. And as I said to you in the last podcast, throughout the week, there'll be uh, small editions of Cricket Unfiltered coming out. And in this edition, I've been lucky enough to chat with a range of Aussie cricket greats, Adam Gilchrist, Mark Waugh, Brett Lee, Andrew Simons, Alan Border, all about their World Cup experiences. All right, so let's start things off. First up, I've got Adam Gilchrist, and he's talking to the media ahead of the launch. Are you surprised that Josh Hazelwood didn't get picked? Initially, yes, but listening to JL's comments and uh, taking into consideration the, the, the cricket or lack of that he's had, uh, I can understand where they're, where they're coming from in that regard. Yeah, but I do understand Josh's disappointment and frustration and, again, a nice issue to have that if you're leaving that calibre of player out that it means they're pretty comfortable and confident in the guys that they've picked. One thing that I think about that is that it doesn't someone like him who plays so much cricket for Australia in all forms misses one-day cricket in the lead-up to the World Cup and then gets told, (laughs) well, you haven't played enough white ball cricket. Seems like it's a bit out of alignment. Oh, it's a delicate balancing act, isn't it? And there's obviously the ashes straight on the back of that. Uh, I don't know. Only Josh could answer whether he'd rather be in a World Cup or an Ashes. You'd want to be in both. And every team's going to have their tough, hard luck uh, selection stories. England are about to go through that themselves. So, yeah. yeah, look, it's hard to speculate on when you're not inside the group to know the machinations of the selection process and, and what Josh has been told. But well, what I probably... I'm certain of, quite sound right, probably certain. What I am certain <laughs> is that Josh would have been given every indicator, every bit of communication to know where he's standing and why things are happening. I know that's the way Justin operates. So I'd be very surprised if he's, yes, agree that he's disappointed, but I'd be surprised if he's disillusioned as to what the situation was. And have you been in touch with Justin Langer? Has he asked you for any advice in the lead-up to the World Cup, being a triple champion? I'm in touch with JL pretty regularly just because he's one of my best mates. So uh, he hasn't s- sort of sought me for any secret herbs and spices as to how to win it. Uh, he's got <laughs> some pretty good guys in and around him. Uh, he's been a winner in most of his creating career anyway, so he knows how to create the environment to give the guys the talent at his disposal the best opportunity to win. I did ask him why they weren't wearing team uniform at Gallipoli the other day, but it was a <laughs> dis- disappointing exchange that was. What do you say? <laughs> no, because, no, they they had their reasons. All right, I'm here at the SCG with Mark Waugh, 99 World Cup champion. Mark, what do you think goes into winning a World Cup? Well, I mean, first of all, you need um, the quality of players in your squad to win a World Cup. You know, you need talent uh, with the bat ball and in the field. Um, You need a good attitude. Um, You need to be 
nice and positive and believe in yourself, all those sorts of things. You need a slice of luck along the way as well. Um, but I think the most important thing is that you've got the talent in the team. If you don't have the talent, it's going to be very hard to win a World Cup. So you know, I was lucky enough that the 99 World Cup, we had a very talented squad of uh, batsmen and bowlers, a lot of match winners there like Warney and McGrath with the ball, you know, Gilchrist Ponting you know, with the bat, uh, Michael Bevan. So, yeah, we had quality through, throughout the team. Yeah, there was a big change in the 99 World Cup from the 96 World Cup. It seemed like we were cricket was sort of moving to a specialised one-day team by 99. Well, 96, we made the final and got beaten by Sri Lanka. But yeah, a little bit. I mean, normally the best players um, are good at all facets of the game, whether it be one-dayers or tests or, or T20s. You know, there's the odd specialist player, uh, like 50-over player or 20-over player, but generally speaking, I think we sort of had a lot of players played in all formats. Um, but yeah, I mean, as the years have gone on, I think with the workload and um, you know different techniques with batting and bowling, that there has been a, a bit more of a change towards specialist one-day players, um, white ball players, and but generally speaking, you know the best players are good at good at all formats. Yeah, the '99 World Cup for me holds great memories. I toured around following the tournament, so I saw all your games. I remember you did really well against India at the Oval, um, spanked them in a Super mm. Six game. What are your personal memories of that win? Well, the tournament, well, we started off slow. Obviously, we lost two of our first three games, and then we had to win, I think, seven games in a row to win it. So, yeah, we were a little bit slow out of the blocks. I think Pakistan and New Zealand beat us earlier in the tournament. And then, yeah, we just started to get a bit of a roll, and obviously the game at the Oval, uh, I made quite a few runs there, and that was a, a good win for us. And then we just sort of gained in confidence. So, you know, we sort of kept it simple, took one game at a time, but we started to believe that we could do it. You know, we, we sort of peaked at the right time, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a real I, to the wall, I mean, you don't really want to lose your first two of your first three no. games. I mean, you want to start off well, but I mean, we always had the, the team to win it, to be honest. Um, and I was probably whether a bit um, uh, carefree early on in the tournament, weren't focused enough. I don't know, but anyway, we, we sort of bounced back, and then we just played so well under pressure. We had a bit of luck along the way, obviously, the semi-final and even the quarter-final, probably where Herschel Gidge dropped that catch when Stephen was batting that probably you know if he'd taken that catch we probably wouldn't have got through so you know you need a bit of luck as well but you've got to be good enough to capitalize on the luck you get and what's it like uh winning a world cup at lords i mean you know what's that feeling like getting presented yeah. in the cup? well it's a great place to play anytime lords but to play a world cup final there um the game itself was a, probably a little bit of a fizzer i guess because we, we won quite easily and pakistan didn't make many runs when they batted first so but, I mean, it's still a great occasion, you know. It's the place you want to play uh, test matches or one day is that, and to play a World Cup final there. You know, I think, um, you know, a few boys will be dreaming of it uh, in the next couple of weeks and, and hopefully the dream comes true. Yeah, I remember you flying across, taking a one-hander. Yeah. One of the first uh, wickets yep. to go down for Pakistan. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching the highlights of that final. Pakistan were like two for 60, going along okay, and then they just completely collapsed on the back of some great fielding and bowling, mm, yeah, apart that... from McGrath dropping at Zoda. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I do remember that catch too. Uh, I dive full length at second slip. And, I mean, it's... Just to, yeah, I mean, probably brings the best out of some players playing in a, a great um, on a great ground like Lords. But yeah, that, that's right. They were going quite well, Pakistan. Then they collapsed for no real reason. Warney, uh, Warney bowled really well as as normal. So we had good good quality bowlers. Um, and yeah, they were below their best, no doubt about it, Pakistan. But uh, we were good enough to sort of capitalise on that. And uh, what about this Aussie team that's over there? What are some of the qualities that 
could put get them over the, the line in this one? Well, I think, you know, we've got some, some high-quality players. I mean, you know, Finch, Warner, Smith, you know, those three are three of the best one-day players in the world. And, you know, I really think Glenn Maxwell's the, the X factor, though. You know, he's shown some great form in the last 12 months, a bit more maturity, I think. He knows his role better in the team. Um, but he could be the, the one guy to sort of, you know, really win us a lot of games with the bat and maybe in the field. Uh, with the ball, I think our, our pace attack um, probably is going to rely on Cummins and, and Stark. So, you know, we ne- really need Stark to be firing, I think. I don't think spin's going to play a huge role, particularly orthodox spin. So, you know, we have got two spinners there, Zamper and Lyon, and Zamper's showed good form recently. But you know, I think our batting is probably our strength and our... Yeah, mentally, I think we're a strong unit. We're going to feel well, do the basics well, which is always important. Uh, I think Justin Langer is going to have the players well drilled. So, you know, I just think, you know, we've got world-class players there who can who can take us uh, at least to the semi-finals. Once you get in the semi-finals, you know, you're, you're a big chance of winning it. Absolutely. And last one, what do you think of Steve Smith coming back? You know, such a good player. I mean... He's such a great batsman. How good is it to have him back in this Aussie side? And what do you think of his batting technically? It's going to be great to have him back because I think he's going to be the sort of the rock in the middle of the innings. We've got a lot of stroke players who like to hit boundaries and I think he's the one player who can bat time and read the game really well and knock it into the gaps or hit boundaries if he has to. But I think he's just so experienced through the middle overs. He reads the game really well. and I mean, he's got a great record. He's a great player. Yes, he's been out for 12 months and he's coming back with a, an injury uh, I don't think he's quite found his best form yet definitely in the IPL although he played well against New Zealand um, in Brisbane so that was good to see so um, you know there'll be pressure on him you know the crowd will be heckling him a bit all those sorts of things he's had a long break from international cricket 12 months so it's not going to be easy for him but I just think he's such a smart player and he's you know, he's going to be well suited to the conditions. I think they're going to be very good batting conditions in the World Cup. So, you know, I think he'll have a have a, a big World Cup. He plays a lot to the leg side, like you used to play. Well, he's unusual. He plays offside, leg side. He bats like there's no stumps there. Really, he just gets across the crease and really works the ball. So his technique is probably um, not suited to not having played a lot. I, I think he needs to get a bit of rhythm in his game. It's you know, because he's got such an unusual technique, and that's maybe why it took him a while in the IPL to hit his hit his straps. So, I mean, his technique is so unusual that no one else could could play, play like that. But, you know, he's made it work. when he needs to when he needs to make contact with the ball, he's in a, in great positions, and you know, he's got great hands and he hits the gaps better than any player I've seen. So, you know, he's unusual. Don't try and copy him, but um, you know, the runs are the thing that counts with him, not not the technique. No Thanks, Mark. Okay. Right, I'm here with Andrew Simons at the SCG. Won the World Cup twice. I bet they're fantastic memories for you. Yeah, obviously, mate. You know, it's something that uh, you never forget. You know, and, and some of the moments, I suppose, that happened in World Cups were some some of the most special moments. I was sort of there and, and a part of. So, yeah, terrific memories. And you know, what do you think goes into to getting a World Cup winning side together? For me, it's about knowing your role and having probably performed that leading up to the to the big games, um, winning the big moments, and just knowing, you know, get, get, getting your timing right and, and with you know when to attack and when to defend and all that sort of thing. And in the big moments, if if, if you look back through the history of World Cup cricket, the teams that have been best at doing that have won a lot of the time. 
You know, going back to the 2003 World Cup, you know, that amazing tournament for you, how much did Ricky Ponting's faith in you help your game? Yeah, he was he was a huge part, I suppose, to me believing that I was part of that team. Um, you know, he, he told me on a number of occasions, he said, mate, don't, don't doubt yourself, don't doubt why you're here because you are definitely part of this and you, you will be a major contributor. So the way that he man-managed, you know, a lot of the boys was was uh, really special and I suppose my relationship with him was it was built very much around that and he, he um, gave me small tasks and jobs to do during games and, and what have you and um, I really responded well to that and uh, so he, he was a very good uh, man was a, as a read on a man so he, he worked out how I ticked and um, you know he sort of got me believing and, and giving me little tasks and jobs to, to get me into the game. And, you know, that 2003 World Cup was such a good tournament for you. Any memories stand out from that tournament? Yeah, the, the, probably the, the biggest one for me was Damian Martin and Ricky Ponting's innings in the final that year. You know, the, the World Cup, is, it's got a different feel to it. It's got a different, I suppose, of expectation and what have you, and it's a special thing. So different feel of feeling of pressure. And then in my, I suppose, my World Cup, Times, uh, I never thought I'd actually go out to bat in a World Cup final and not be under any sort of pressure or nervous. I went out to bat in that World Cup final and there was four overs to go and we, we were 320 or something. So I never thought I'd walk out to bat in a World Cup final under literally no pressure at all. So, yeah, it was, that, was a, that was an amazing thing, watching those two just dismantle India in that final and just posted a huge total. Um, with a quality bowling attack and a, and a good fielding unit. Yeah, what about when uh, Gilly walked in the semi-final? Were you one of those people in the dressing room going, what's he doing? Yes, I was. I was thinking, what? why would you start doing that now? You could have waited about th- <laughs> t- t- two more games. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, we, we all laugh about it now, but I can tell you, uh, Ricky Ponting was livid. thinking, why would you start doing that now? So, And actually, I... I have, I have asked Gilly this, and I, but I can't remember what he actually answered. I said, mate, why did you decide then? He just decided that's... I think he sort of said, oh, that's just, I just decided that's how I want to play. And that's fine. I, I don't have a drama with it, but I'm, it was an interesting timing, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, very interesting <laughs> uh, timing. What about those... We're talking about that semi-final and that final, but just knockout games in World Cups. I can imagine for a professional cricketer, you don't play a lot of those knockout games you know test matches one day games but not many does it does it feel like like i don't know a big football game or is it a different feeling when it's a knockout game like that it is because you know you're gone uh and you know what fortunately i never felt that uh we never got knocked out but i can imagine you know we knocked plenty of teams out you know in in my time and yeah and you can see the disappointment like just heart-wrenching disappointment on blokes faces you know thinking i might ne- never get to play in another world cup and this might be the closest i ever get to play in a final and i can only imagine all the thoughts that go through their heads you know they'd probably still lay there at night thinking oh if i'd have done this that would have been better and you know so yeah i was fortunate enough to be on the on the good end pretty much the whole time through my career and and but i suppose everyone realizes how much it means you know we, as kids growing up we, we, we watched you know AB and these blokes win the World Cup and you know as a kid you wanted you wanted to one day maybe that could be me you know so when we did get our chance we weren't going to um, we weren't going to give it up easily.
Yeah, and I was looking at the 07 World Cup, and you had a problem in that Matt Hayden just scored so many runs, you didn't get out there much. No, everyone's going, oh, Australia got a strong middle order, blah, blah, blah. We, uh, we didn't have to do a hell of a lot of uh, difficult batting in that, in that tournament because he played so well. And then Gilly in that final, how, how good a innings was that under, under huge duress. Um, so, yeah, it was a, I suppose it was a good position to be in. You know, we, we played that well at the top of the order. It was um, less, to, less, to have been, less to be done by the middle order. Absolutely. And, uh, mate, what do you think of this World Cup team that's over there for the Aussies? What are some of their strengths and any weaknesses you see for the Aussie side? Oh, look, I think the, the one, I think we've got a hell of a lot of strengths, but the, the one weakness I think we, we probably are going to have to watch, and we're just going to have to play in a different fashion, is just how, how we play slow bowling, spin bowling. You know, if, if you can't pick someone, you need to have had a method. You need to have worked out a method in the last six months uh, how to combat that, how to get off strike, and just little things like that, I think. Will, and we don't have to get 350 in every game to win it. We need to, we need to post a total which is competitive, and then you apply pressure wherever you see fit with battle ball in, this, in the second inning. So don't be overzealous thinking that we have to go and score 320, 350 in, in, in all these games to win, because you don't. You've got to play the conditions. Um, you mentioned the spinners. One thing that's different in World Cups is you just come across a spinner in that one game, and then the next game it's, a, it's another spinner. As a batsman, how do you prepare for a different spinner every game almost? Oh, there's plenty of, there's plenty of footage and what have you can look at to, if you're having trouble picking them or something, and then obviously just trying to get some net bowlers or someone who can emulate that bowler obviously can be very difficult at times with some of these you know these blokes who flick it yeah yeah but but just having a method and obviously being able to get off strikes a huge one you know you're soaking up three four dot balls at a time then pressure builds and then the the mind starts to play tricks on you well andrew thanks so much uh last one how did you enjoy your summer at fox sports and and getting in the media yeah really good Uh, we've we get looked after like kings there, and they're helping us develop. You know, we're, I'm, I'm obviously learning how to do this this job, and uh, so they're always helping us. You know, how you can be a bit better, and how you, this is another way of doing it, and what have you. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. There's been a relaxed feel around the place. There's no no yelling and screaming, and oh, you must do this, you must do that. So that's that's the way I like to operate. So it's it's uh, it's been enjoyable. I'm I'm enjoying learning how to how to uh, call cricket. And are you working on any uh, outlandish fielding statistics for next summer? Are you crunching some numbers? No, I'll, um, I'm still trying to come up with some sort of formula, but it's, it's proving to be difficult because it it's quite a difficult thing to measure. Um, but we all know how important it is. Great. Well, Andrew, thanks so much and have a good winter. No worries. Thank you, mate. All right, I'm here with Brett Lee, and I've got with me Steve Wilson and Ben Horn, and uh, we're going to ask him a few questions about his World Cup experiences. Far away. First one is just on Bumra from India. Yep. Yeah, you've been over there in the IPL. Mm. Like, what do you like about his bowling, and, and how is he going to influence this World Cup? When you, you think, think about Jasper Bumra, what he brings to the table with that awkward arm action. You know, his, his, his front arm going out towards cover if you. Bonner was a right-handed batsman. It's a different arm action. He's got that late swing. Uh, he's got that whippy action off three or four steps, what it feels like. But he executes his Yorker. You know, I've, I've been saying all morning, but batsmen can win you a match, whereas bowlers can win you tournaments. So someone like him, someone like Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, they'll be a huge threat in this World Cup when those two guys get it right. Equally, 
Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark. If Stark could swing the ball back in, I think Australia, you know, a, a huge chance of win this as well. Is he the number one bowler, do you think? Boomer, in your eyes? Definitely up there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's probably three or four guys where you think, you know, he could could definitely do the job. Uh, Pat Cummins, I think, on his day can definitely be up there. Um, Mitchell Stark, when he swings the ball, and I say when he swings the ball, would, would definitely be in the, 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 the top few picks. But Boomer is definitely up there. He's, he's been doing it now for a number of years. Just unrelated to the World Cup, but mm. there's been a bit of talk here this year with the amount of use, I suppose, the SCG is getting. Yep. The Swans, Sydney Swans, have made a bit of a push for it to go to a drop-in yep. pitch. Like, as a New South Welshman and as a bowler, like, would you see that as a devastating blow? I say no. <laughs> blow? Yeah. Would that no. Be, would that yeah, be would. a massive blow to cricket? Of course. Yeah. I can understand that there are a lot of reasons behind it, but you've, you've got to also keep the history of the game, I think. It's the Sydney cricket ground. It's the Sydney cricket ground. It's a cricket ground. And I'm all for the Swans playing here, but... The, the way it's named, the history of, you know, we, we had Brabham play here. We had all the greats of, of the cricketing, you know, nations play here. It's the cricket ground. You had to keep it a cricket ground. There's no drop-in pitch. Make sure the pitches are nice. Keep keep looking after them. They can play other sports on, but at the end of the day, cricket's the first pick. I'm trying to get a, a handle from the people who know, around, including yourself, about just what it takes to win the World Cup, what, mm. that, what that sort of process is. Obviously, bowl well, bat well, better than the opposition. But sure. in the actual tournament... When you were there and you won it, how did that unfold? How did you prepare for it and how was it different to other series and Ashes? And whatnot? Well, I think firstly, the way it's, it's different to other series is it's, it's a huge hype around the, you know, the tournament. Um, the whole world watches, you know, you've got millions of people throughout the subcontinent watching. There's a, there's a lot of interest when it's, yes, it's a game of 50 over cricket, but it's different. You know, when you play, it's got the World Cup. Back when we think about the Aussies won in 87, Again in 2003, 99, 2007, and then 2015. So we won it five times. It's a huge deal for us. You know, cricket's our first our first pick sport here, and it's it's the best of the best of the best. So the World Cup has that status. It should have that status. And you prepare like it has that. It doesn't change the way I don't think you bowl, but it, it just gets that heart going a little bit quicker, I think, when you take that ball. And you know, obviously, Australia have dominated like no other nation. Is is there anything behind that? Obviously, great players, but mm. is there anything in the mental state of an Australian sportsman and cricketer that gives you an edge over the English or the South Africans? Oh, I think we had wonderful teams, great leaders. You know, you think about Border, you think about you know Mark Taylor, what he's done, what Ricky Ponting's done, what Steve War has done. You know, some some great leaders, and now it's up to Finch to also lead from the front use the experience and, and, and use that knowledge that he's gained from watching previous World Cups as a kid growing up, as we all have. But Australia's won it five times, so we know how to win World Cups, and that's the thing where it doesn't necessarily give us a, a golden ticket to the final. We have to work bloody hard to get there. But I think that because we, we understand how to win, that, that would definitely help the Aussies get into the, those big playoffs. But to me, it, it sort of comes down to the top order batting and certainly how we close it out with the ball. And so going back to 2003, you know, the, the run into it, mm. there was you know, a few problems with Warney yeah. uh, dropping out and so changes to the team, Bevan's injured mm. at the beginning. So a, bit, a little bit of disruption there. How, how do you handle that when it happens so close to the start of the tournament? Do you just close ranks and say, that's it, this is the team we are? Well, you know, we had to, I guess, deal with, with what happened with Warney. You know, going home through through unforeseen uh, circumstances, and you know we had we had 
15 guys on the tour. And we, we pick 15 guys because we believe 15 guys, when needed, can all go on to win that World Cup. So it wasn't like we had 11 players where that's, that's the only 11, the other four guys are subs or whatever it might be. You know, we actually needed all these guys to stand up, which we did. And we had guys, they weren't subs, they weren't guys on the bench, they were all part of the team. You know, and you, you, know, you think about the guys that had that opportunity to come in, did a, did a wonderful job. And, and through the course of the tournament, obviously you went undefeated and you know, really sort of impressive. Is there a point where you think... Ah, that's it. This is our tournament. We're doing it, or is it not until the last ball's bowled that you? Well, it's not until the last ball's bowled, from a, a cricketing sense. But you know, I knew we had something very special after the first game. You know, to me, that was the the making of Andrew Simons, Ricky Ponting's innings. Um, you know, the way that McGrath bowled and bowled and bowled. Um, the way that we fielded. To me, a good team that will go on to win the World Cup is a good fielding unit. You know, because that tells me that they've trained well, they've prepared well, they're hungry. Yes, it's good to go out and score runs and obviously take wickets. That's what wins you the game. But at the end of the day, it's it's how you present yourself as a team too. And um, we were a great fielding unit. And I want the Aussies to, to make sure they leave from the front with their fielding. My advice to the young guys going over there now playing is just enjoy it. You know, we look back and what's that, 16 years ago, where I took part in the 03 World Cup. I missed 07. I got injured a week before my ankle. I slipped on a, a greasy service in... Um, in Wellington, about a week before we went over there. I played again in 2011, but you know, the, these memories you can't take back. They are just purely a memory, and you can look at footage and stuff and say, yeah, that was wonderful, and you probably don't enjoy it as much as you want to at the time because you're so worried about doing well, but you've just got to back your own ability, uh, train hard, trust your judgment, listen to your coaches, and, and play, as, play as a team. Do you have a personal memory from the 2003 World Cup about a performance from you that stands out? Oh, look, I, I, I was proud of the way I bowled in the, the, the semi against uh, Sri Lanka. I picked up a few wickets, but I think it was the way that we attacked. I guess my, my role was to run in bowl quick and try to um, scare the tripe out of the batsman, and that's what I was trying to do, you know, and I, I, I felt probably at peak sort of fitness. To me, that was when I felt like I was on top of my game. Ball came out well, I wasn't trying to bowl too quick naturally happening but I had as I said I had 14 other great guys around me that all had my back and uh, it's it's the best time in life Is that part of it as well we talked about the mental strength and obviously the mm. skill sets but another characteristic of Australian World Cup wins is big players rising for the big moments yeah. is, is that a crucial thing to remember going over to England when maybe Australia are third favourite but you've got Warner you've got Smith you've got Cummings yeah. these people will come to the party and that's why you've got a chance yeah, well, you've, you've, you've got guys that are known match winners, and, you know, you need match winners in a team. You know, we don't want guys that can bowl 130k seam up. We don't want guys that are going on a strike rate of 100. We want guys that are match winners, guys that can pump the ball out of the ground, guys that can swing the ball back late in the overs at 150k's, uh, guys like a Jonty Rhodes, Ricky Ponting in the field, throwing the stumps down. That, to me, is the sign of a good World Cup team. And I believe that Australia have got a number of those players in the team. Final question then, how do you think they're going to go? Do you think they've got a, a real chance of going there and, and claiming another one? Of course. You know, when you leave the shores of Australia and you, you don't go over, you can't second-guess yourself. And, you know, it's only human nature to think, geez, have we got the right team to do it this, this year or this, this sort of four-year cycle? you just got to believe in yourself. I think England will be tough on their home soil. I believe that India have also got a wonderful opportunity. Kiwis, I think, are probably the dark horse. Afghanistan, watch out for them. Watch out for their attack. They've got a pretty good bowling line up. 
All right, now I'm here with 1987 World Cup winning captain Alan Border, and I've also got Steve Wilson here. How did you approach going to 87? What was in your mind before you got on the plane? Well, look, we hadn't had any success, so it's, it's hard to sort of say you got on the plane thinking we're going to win. You know, it's just, you'd be telling porky pies, to be brutally honest. You, you've got hopes, but if you look at the, the lead-up, was you know, we hadn't done too much for about three years leading to that tournament. But when I, when I sort of started to think about it, we'd been in India the season before, tied test match at Chennai in 86. We'd played pretty well. Core group for the World Cup team was there in India for that 86 uh, all-better test tour. But, you know, our camp was Chennai. Our first two games were in Chennai. So we had good memories from, you know, that ground and the atmosphere. And we knew what to expect uh, a little bit more than maybe, you know, if we'd gone there cold. Um, So from that point of view, and then you sort of throw in Bob Simpson, uh, you know, grizzly old pro. Uh, He'd been with the side for about 18 months and we'd started to sort of buy into his way. And uh, it's pretty, you know, strong discipline, you know, strong work ethic at, you know, the training, training on the basics. It sounds ridiculous, you know, it sounds like you're an under-15 team type thing, but it, yep. it works, I'll tell you, it works. And, um, you know, so no stuffing around at training, you know, you train hard. And, um, you know, those, those sort of, that work ethic, you know, sort of rub off on everyone. And I suppose it's the first time, 87, we started to really think about a specific game plan. Right. Like we'd played a lot of one-day cricket up until that point, but it was, it was generally speaking, you just went in and you, you just played, you know, and just individual talents got you through. Um, but that was, you know, we sort of had, <clears throat> you know, top order, do the bulk of the batting. You know, we wanted to be a certain point at 15 over, a certain point at 25, and, and then uh, you know, keep wickets in hand for the final flurry. You know, pretty basic yep. stuff. But it's the first time we actually sat down and talked about it. Uh, the bowling side, that you know, who was going to bowl the, the bowling, who was going to bowl in the middle overs, who were our likely death bowlers, when to introduce the spin. Yeah, a bit more specific tactics um, going into that tournament. Uh, work ethic, young team didn't know any better. So it's sort of, um, you yeah, know, that, that ingredient, and then the first game, you know, the, the momentum we got out of that first game was hard to sort of put you know uh, like a an amount uh, how much yeah. you get out of it because you you lose the game and you you know you can be sort of think oh well that's what we've been doing for the last three years losing tight games but to win it and the circumstances yeah. I've yeah, we yeah, heard yeah, talk yeah, about sure. where you know a score went got adjusted from 268 to 270 yeah. and then they make 269 yeah. so who knows what would happen so and is, is it moments like that then that really you know yeah at some point because it's such a long process I mean just a moment where everyone can come together and go all right that's it this is this gives us the belief or it gives us the energy or even the sense of injustice if something goes against you do you, yeah. do you need that in a tournament yep i reckon if you that, that that was a really pivotal moment i think if we'd lost look who knows yeah you'd like to think you might have you know rebounded well but you know we, we'd sort of been used to losing so um, to, to win and just the way that gels the the group and the, the belief you know we'd beaten one of the favorites india one of the favorite teams uh, playing at home so it was yeah just a really key and I think it, it's um, I'm just trying to think of other probably look at all the five times we've won it there's probably a, a couple of key moments in certain games that just flip the things around like 99 we were going nowhere yeah. lost early games you know just had to win about what five or six in a row yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Steve Waugh plays a pivotal innings, or um, yeah, it's, it just something happens, you know, that uh, semi-final. That by then, you know, you're you're well into the tournament. But there's certain things that happen through the tournament. Uh, I don't know why the Australian side seem to respond to it, but the, we we have done it and done it well. And going back to what you were saying about '87, where you had that team maybe not fancied by people outside the group, but everyone yeah. sort of seemed to know their role. Like mm. you were saying, the, the top four and including you know finishers at the end to, to yeah. hit through. Is there a worry with this team that's going over now at the moment that it's a little bit top-heavy, where a lot of the talent is with the openers and the yeah. top middle order, and if they fail, there's a chance of a softness there? Is, is that a problem? Yeah, we probably haven't got that you know, that guy that can blast away in those last five, ten overs, other than a Maxwell. Yeah. So what they, how they use Glenn Maxwell is going to be interesting, uh, but we certainly haven't got that that power game like say the West Indies have or um, England in particular I think England have got this game plan now it's a full on it's it's a scary prospect because you know like there's there's no secret they're just going to come at you hard and it's a very daunting thing as a bowler you, as relaxed as you should be you're putting the ball where you think and then it's getting clattered around and the, and the day can just go from bad to worse very quickly so it's going to be hard for the bowling group to hold their own against you know that onslaught yeah. so England have got this game plan now that's probably you know that's the new way of doing it like some of the scores are incredible yeah. now when I woke up to what do they make against Australia 480 yeah. I, I, I thought my son would smoke a hoochie coochie because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought no he can't make 480 that's rubbish and he said well mate they should have made 500 but yeah. Joe Root was rooting around and I said 500 I mean that's the sort of thing incredible. that's happening and England is a place that it can happen because the grounds are very quick, smaller boundaries, and with the guys now stronger, bigger bats, yeah, the potential for scoring. So I think the sides that can hold their own against that type of, because I think a lot of the sides will try and do that type of cricket. Um, or play that. I don't think Australia should, but that's just, that's me. Warnie's thinks the other way. That's why we were so to, you know, go with Linney and... Um, Sure. Darcy Short. Yeah, Darcy Short has you know, hit, hit, hit all the way down, but I just don't think our game suited, so we've got to play our way. But uh, England, yeah, they've set a, you know, a different benchmark for you know, how the game, or how they're going to play the game. Yeah. be interesting to see whether we can come up with our game plan to counteract that. And another thing, sort of trying to, you know, the Australian psyche, for want of a better way of doing it, that, you know, you're going into tournaments sometimes with incredible stars that are teams sometimes with just good teams and, mm. but always with that sort of belief that they're going to go on and win it is, is there something different about Australian cricketers and how they think and how they approach or is it just because you've won so many World Cups that builds its own momentum uh, look, uh, look you, you, can, you can peer it right back to our system our system here is pretty good you know we condense our talent into six sides very competitive cricket just produces good cricketers and, they, and we play under a bit of pressure in our domestic c- cricket I, I I think that's still the case. So I think you're ready for the the big stage um, coming out of our system. So if you pair it right back, that, that holds us in good stead when you're playing those big tournaments. Comes around every four years, so everyone's up for it. You, know, you might only get to play one. I know all the other sides are probably thinking the same thing, but I think we really, you know, we look at it as this is a special moment. You know, we're going to give it our best shot, and you know, we generally have a you know a good enough talent on the field to get the job done but yeah it's a it's an interesting phenomenon isn't it seven seven finals out of 11 it's a pretty pretty good result isn't it yeah just to follow up on that i know we're 
another characteristic of Australian World Cup wins has been that big players have stood up at big moments. Yeah. Not, not even necessarily the one who was predicted to do it, but you know, people have become heroes in that. Is, yeah. is that something that gives you confidence going into this World Cup when you've got Warner, Cummings, Stark, Smith? You know, even if there are some deficiencies, you have these big time players. Yes, yeah. yeah, that, that's why. Because I think that you know, the the side was struggling. I think they turned around a little bit um, in the UAE, albeit against the probably second string Pakistan side. So you got to you know, pair it back a little bit to all the excitement. But um, you throw Warner and Smith back into that group and <clears throat> and Stark at their best, you know. And and I'm thinking. World Cup. This is when we've got you know those guys come come to the fore. So I'm got a quite confidence about our chances. I really have. Well, listeners, that's it for this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing those chats with all the uh, greats of Australian cricket and past World Cup winners. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Mensel. You've been listening to Cricket Unfiltered. You can find me on Twitter, at Amenas. The World Cup is coming. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Back soon with another podcast. 